0: Please.
1: Bomba Cloud shoot up on fire man. Um, broadcasting to you from the Bronx, New York City, with today's boxing news, courtesy of the best website I would say that's out there for boxing news. That being the boxing scene. So make sure you check out all of the great reporting, writing that can be found on the boxing scene. Shout out. Keith Eidick, shout out to Corey Erdman, shout out, get out, get out. to Manuk Akopian, shout out to all of the writers on the boxing scene, because they provide me with uh, my daily dose. So here I am, ready to give you a little bit of daily dose of boxing scene news, okay? These are my views, though. I'm going to read their great reporting, and I'm going to give some of my own insights. All right, so look, lead story to the day. All right, I had it pulled up a second ago. I'm going to pull it back up. All right, lead story to the day is about Ryan Garcia. All right, who says, I need Javonta Davis for Megafight. I don't have ego to admit that. All right, I think there's a little bit of an issue there, but I'll I'll get to the bones of, of what is actually being said again. This is courtesy of Boxing Scene. Uh, This report, courtesy of Manuk Akopian. All right, great writer over there Boxing Scene. Who reports, Garcia is a realist. The upstart boxer boasts nearly 9 million followers on Instagram, but he knows his star appeal can break past social media boundaries with the right dance partner. Garcia deems Javante Davis to be the perfect opponent to make him into a bona fide star. I quote, I want Tank Davis next, Garcia told BoxingScene.com and other reporters while promoting his July 16 fight against Javier Fortuna at Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles on The Zone. Quote, a huge pay per view fight. Would involve me and somebody else, and I probably do need a little bit of Tank Davis to make a super mega fight. But I don't have an ego to admit that. I don't care. I know Tank is a big fighter. And I am as well. Whoever wins that fight becomes the face of boxing, unquote. The soon-to-be 24-year-old Garcia, 22-0, and 18 KOs, has had... Davis atop his wish list for at least the last 18 months, but a fight has never come close to being a done deal. Mayweather Promotion CEO Leonard Ellerby presides over the career of Davis, and the executive has proclaimed that he's attempted to make the fight on two separate occasions to no avail. Garcia tried to take matters into his own hands by sitting ringside in Davis's last fight in New York when Davis knocked out. Rolando Romero Garcia had a colorful exchange with LB demanding a great deal get done quote Davis said F me then why are you screaming my name talking about you next after the Romero fight why should I shut up Garcia said he's the one talking like that now it's like either you want to do it or you do not want to do it. Don't tell me you want to fight if you're not actually going to be about it. He can say, shut up all he wants. He wants that fight, unquote. Garcia will have to demand Golden Boy promotions to equally force the issue and solve the Rubik's Cube that is the fractured state of boxing with rival promoters and networks. Quote, when there is a, wa- when there is a will, there's a way, said Garcia, quote, think of every possibility and just don't be greedy. And I'm sure that both parties can come up with an agreement that is fair and firm and honorable all at the same time. You just have to look at it in all of those play aspects, look at the data to prove your points. And then you move forward. You just have to look at who is the bigger draw and why, and then show the data for it. Numbers don't lie. There are a lot of people saying this guy is bigger than that guy. But all you have to do is look at the data and you go from there if they can't look at the reality of it that's not my problem unquote garcia's campaigns in the lightweight division and it is stacked with star fighters devin haney is currently the undisputed champion and there are the likes of vasily lomachenko teofimo lopez jr at or near the weight class as well the most viable In-house option, Golden Borkins present Garcia is former world champion Joseph Diaz Jr. Quote, I'm pretty sure I want to fight the bigger and better fighter in Javonta Davis. I'm not worried about Jojo Diaz, said Garcia. So look, first off, I got to shout out Puro Sur. I got to shout out I am Dwayne this time. I got to shout out Virtuoso. I got to say, look, Ryan Garcia should be a premier lightweight, should be a superstar in the sport of boxing. It's interesting that he's admitted that he needs a fight with Tank Davis to accomplish that. There is another logical route to the same outcome of superstardom. And that's taking on the best available opponents and looking great against them. And it's arguable whether Garcia's been doing that since the Luke Campbell win. I give him big props for the Luke Campbell win. Since that time, he hasn't really been about it the way that he's asking Tank Davis to be about it. And by the way, Tank Davis also hasn't been about it. Because Tank Davis has been fighting for Reggie belts in different weight classes, and not taking out or taking on even the best lightweight opponents that are out there. But but my answer, who might that be? Well, I'll tell you who that is: Devin Haney. Devin Haney's definitely on that list. But 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 my answer, who else? Vasily Lomachenko, he's definitely on that list. Damn it. I mean, George Gambos Jr. was on that list. Right? So, look, I- I'm actually pretty big on Javier Fortuna as, like, at this point, a solid gatekeeper in the division. And it says a lot about where Ryan Garcia kind of regressed to when essentially he's gone from a guy that people are talking about taking on championship level opponents to a guy who himself used to be a championship level opponent in Javier Fortuna, who's no longer that. So, I mean, at this point, honestly, if we're going to keep it real, Garcia-Fortuna is a prospect versus gatekeeper kind of matchup. And I mean no disrespect to Javier Fortuna, who I've been big on but who has fallen short, nor to Ryan Garcia, who I have been big on but who has not taken on the best opponents out there and who, as a result, has fallen and come up short as it relates to being a championship-level lightweight fighter. All right, so I see pugilism here. He's saying, Tank not fighting the easiest competition. You can put in Tank's opponents with other names, and they'd be good fights. Pitbull, Cruz, 140 Barrios, Leia Santa Cruz are all names for Tank's uh, 135-pound adversaries. You continue to say, Santa Cruz name always brought up with Gary Russell Jr. And the Tevin Farmers, Barrios, just gave Keith Thurman a good fight. And Pitbull last, or Tess, Loma, and and Haney. Okay, but at the end of the day, those aren't the fights that he's been talking about. And look, you, you can bring up Barrios at 140, Santa Cruz at 130, but we're talking about one. 35 and we're talking about fights we want to see with 135 pound fighters i'm sorry but going up to 140 and not taking on a josh taylor and also not taking on guys at 135 who by the way would likely fight you haney said he would fight him at 135 Tale Fimo would have fought him at 135 i have no doubt but look I'm sorry, defending Reggie version of the title at 135 isn't taking on the best competition. I get Isaac Cruz showed up and showed out. But before that fight, very few people were really rating him amongst the, quote unquote, four horsemen of the division. Right. People were clamoring for the, quote unquote, four horsemen of the division to take each other on. They were not in that discussion. Barrios wasn't in that discussion. Santa Cruz wasn't in that discussion. Pitbull Cruz wasn't in that discussion. Those were guys hanging around in in divisions north or south of 135 pounds that nobody was clamoring for a lightweight to take on. Nobody was clamoring for that. In fact, in fact, When the first Rolly Romero fight was supposed to happen, and of course, Rolly Romero couldn't take on, well, I wouldn't even say couldn't. I mean, Showtime decided that he shouldn't take on Tank Davis because of the allegations out there about him. Devin Haney publicly offered to step in and let Ella be squashed it. He squashed it. Leonard L.O.B. didn't want to see the only fighter signed to his promotional outfit with a name take on a credible threat that would be a really good fight for him in Devin Haney. So what did they do? They pulled up Pitbull Cruz, who now everybody's talking about being so like great. But before that, Pitbull Cruz was not in the discussion. When when those graphics and thumbnails and, and 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 you know memes were going out about the four horsemen, I didn't see Pitbull Cruz on that list. I didn't see it. I didn't see Leo Santa Cruz on that list. I didn't see Mario Barrios at one forty on anybody's radar at one thirty five before that fight was announced. Nobody's. I don't re- recall any top fighter at 135 pounds calling out the Reggie Ch- the Reggie champ at 140, Mario Barrios. I, the only guy who, who, who was ever even in discussions w- with that fighter was Tank Davis, and obviously we know why. Obviously we know why. So good morning, everyone that's here. See, we got a brother from Ireland in the building, last man standing. All right. So, look, at the end of the day, it says a lot to me that Ryan Garcia, prior to a fight, that by the way, let's not act as if Javier Fortuna is some kind of pushover. Like, oftentimes prior to a fight, if somebody says, hey, you know what? I'm not going to ask you about this fight or you're fighting. Let's talk about somebody else. The fighter will say, you know what? I'm not focused on somebody else. I'm focused on the fighter in front of me. I got to handle business. And then we'll talk about any other names after that. So I don't know. It is, is Ryan Garcia overlooking Javier Fortuna? Maybe. I mean, that's a, that's a distinct possibility, All right? You got a credible guy in front of you and you're talking about tank Davis. Who, by the way, holds no belts at 135 pounds that matter? I mean, if this guy was serious about being a top lightweight at this time, he'd be talking about Devin Haney. He'd be talking about the undisputed lightweight champion of the world, Devin the Dream Haney. He wouldn't be talking about a guy who holds the Reggie belt at 135. But this this actually speak volumes here, right? Because what it shows you is Ryan Garcia's focus isn't on the titles. Ryan Garcia's focus is on the bag. And I mean, look, I'll go back to the quote. A huge pay-per-view fight would involve me and somebody else. And I probably do need a little bit of Tank Davis to make a super mega fight. But I don't have an ego to admit that. I don't care. I know Tank is a big fighter, and I am as well. Whoever wins the fight becomes the face of boxing. No. I mean, if he was focused on the lightweight division and being supreme at the lightweight division, he wouldn't be talking about Tank Davis for a Reggie belt and a pay-per-view. He'd be talking about Devin the Dream Haney. And by the way, you got a fight in front of you against a pretty credible guy, a guy who I have now demoted to gatekeeper status in the lightweight division with all due respect. But with all due respect, Ryan Garcia is kind of back to being a... a, a prospect slash well let's not say prospect but contender at 135 right so we got a contender against a gatekeeper style matchup and you know it's interesting to me that a guy going for greatness is calling out a guy who holds a reggie belt and not the title belt the real title belts at 135 pounds Right, so in other news, and uh, anyone listening to Mano a last night would have heard our triple G discussion. So I don't know if I if I'm going to be repeating points that I went over yesterday. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, I mean, he, he, here we go again with the Cri- Canelo criticism quotes. Golovkin, I'm disappointed with Bevols. Canelo reaction, sorry, I'm disappointed with Canelo's reaction to Bivolos. Boxing scene staff reporting. Gennady Golovkin is currently preparing for his scheduled trilogy fight with career rival Saúl Canelo Alvarez. The two boxers first collided in 2017 in a fight that ended in a controversial 12-round split decision. A year later, Canelo won a razor-close 12-round majority decision. On September 17th at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Golovkin will head up to 168 pounds to challenge Canelo for the undisputed super middleweight championship. Canelo, who enters the ring as a big betting favorite, is coming off the first loss of his career since dropping a one-sided decision to Floyd Mayweather in 2013. Back in May, Canelo moved up to 175 pounds and was outboxed over 12 rounds by WBA world champion, Dimitri Bivol. At the time of the result, Canelo did not take kindly to the unexpected loss. While he recently acknowledged his second career defeat, he initially rejected the outcome and felt that he did enough to win on the official scorecards. Golovkin has repeatedly praised Bivol for the win and seems to be offended by Canelo's statements in the aftermath. Quote, I did not watch the entire fight, just the highlights, Golovkin said to fan-sided through an interpreter. I saw that Dimitri Breval prevailed. While Canelo reacted to the outcome of the fight, I feel disappointed with him because if you're a professional boxer, you know boxing. You know the insides of the sport. How can you react like that? How can you believe that you won the fight with the loss of just one or two rounds Can you say that when a lot of people follow you, a lot of people take interest in you? It's just not fair. And I would like to use this opportunity to congratulate Dimitri Bivol again on his victory, unquote. So, I mean, look, he's he's saying something that I think a lot of people actually feel. All right, which is that uh, Canelo clearly lost the fight with Bivol and could have probably had a better reaction to it. I was at the T Mobile arena from where I was sitting in uh, the press section. Bivol clearly outboxed Canelo to a comfortable, 12-round unanimous decision. At the end of the fight, Canelo was actually very conciliatory to Bivol, right? And Canelo essentially, you know, was was gracious in defeat. Uh, flash forward about 45 minutes and we're in the media center in the basement of the T-Mobile arena, and Canelo's talking about how he won the fight And totally disagrees with the scorecards and felt that he won. Only Canelo knows what Canelo actually thinks about that fight. But the result stands. It was a unanimous decision win for Bivol. Officially closer than I had it. And I don't know if this is a, a, a guy of, of Russian descent in Gennady Golovkin shouting out a, a fellow Russian. Uh, you know, by the way, Golovkin is 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 huge in Russia, uh, for those that didn't know. I spoke to Stan from allboxing.ru, which is actually one of the biggest boxing websites. Let's call it the boxing scene in Russian. You know, it's that big. And uh, Stan from Boxing RU made it very clear to me that Golovkin is like up there. If he's not the most popular fighter in Russia, he's not any worse than number two. So I- I'm sure Golovkin is is supporting a fellow a fellow Russian. I know he's born in Kazakhstan, but his father's Russian. All right, and uh, you know it is echoing something that. Russian boxing fans firmly believe, which is that Canelo, he didn't have the best reaction to the loss with Bivol. But the problem I have with this is, is that when it comes to losing fights, Triple G has complained probably more than anybody about losing fights. I mean... Maybe Jack Catterall is rivaling him. You know, recently, Jack Catterall, he's, you know, been complaining, complaining, complaining about a fight that took place in February, I think. You know, they're still talking about it. Right, but just to put this into context, people that, like, are adamant supporters of Triple G are still talking about the Canelo loss. Like, still, today. And Triple G is also still talking about it. I mean, he was talking about it on the press tour. So, yeah, I mean, I can see he's a little disappointed in Canelo's reaction to the Bivol loss. But at the same time, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are disappointed in his reaction to the Canelo loss. Just saying. Just saying. All right, and the interesting thing is that Triple G has had ample opportunity to seek out champions since the Canelo loss, and in one instance, he binned the IBF championship to not fight Sergei Devranchenko and took on Vannis. In another instance, he didn't actually, like, really all the way pursue unification With Boo Boo Andrade. So, I mean, just stop it. All right. Not everybody takes the losses. Great. I understand that. And guess what? Triple G also has not taken his loss very well. And the only people that have taken the loss worse than him are some of these literally delusional fans out there that continue to this day to complain about that loss. So look, he's got his opportunity, right? He's going to be taking on Canelo in the trilogy fight. And we'll see what happens. And look, according to the zone, I mean, people are really interested in this fight. Demand for Canelo Golovkin 3 has remained, says the zone exec. This is courtesy of the great reporting of Sean Nam. Right? This is the great reporting of Sean Nam over here. The rivalry between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin has not lost its luster with the public, insists an executive at the zone. Alvarez and Canelo will fight for a third time on The Zone pay-per-view. You guys know all of the details about that fight, about the fight that happened. All right, so I'll just fast forward here. Despite the projected gap or protracted gap between the second and third bouts, Joe Markovsky, an executive vice president at The Zone, believes interest in the fight has not lagged with the public very much, if at all. Quote, the intrigue from the public has remained 100%. Markovsky told Boxing Scene Monday afternoon at a news conference in Manhattan to announce Golovkin's fight with Canelo. You can see, sorry, you can use, quote, any metric you want to look at from social media perspective, from a media perspective. We study the chatter of boxing fans. Markovsky noted, however, that demand for the trilogy was certainly helped by the fact that Alvarez lost to Dimitri Bivol by unanimous decision in their light heavyweight title bout in May. Conversely, Markovsky believes Golovkin's late round beatdown of Ryota Murata earlier this year to unify the WBA and IBF middleweight titles has also helped renew interest in the trilogy. I think the intrigue is probably different from what it was two or three years ago, Markovsky said, quote, if you had asked me six, three months ago, if boxing fans cared about this fight as much as they did three years ago. The answer is probably not. Quote, I think a lot of boxing people having watched Canelo bivolti, think Canelo is beatable. And having watched Gennady's last fight, you know, put him back into a place where he can beat Canelo. Even people who criticize the fight, of which there are some, They're going to watch it because it is a fight that draws intrigue like few others. Markovsky said the Bivol loss helped Alvarez agree to face Golovkin. Alvarez, Markovsky pointed out, still wants to avenge his loss to Bivol. Quote, we didn't have those conversations about fighting Golovkin until after the Bivol fight. And I think Canelo probably is more open to it now that pre-Bivol, Markovsky said. He clearly wants to move back to 175 and beat Bivol, right? That wrong from his perspective. Before that, he's got business to take care of. "Quote unquote." You know, it's interesting, right? Because what's clear to me uh, is what apparently is backed by the data. And uh, what's clear to me is that that loss to Bivol has actually helped Canelo Triple G3. The loss to Bivol has actually helped Canelo. i it. Sometimes you can turn a loss into a win. Right? Because he's about to make big money to take on Golovkin. And I think that it's going to do better business than it would have if Canelo had won that WBA title. Think about it. As a boxing fan, which we all are. Canelo beats Pavol for the 175-pound WBA championship. Nobody is going to think that Golovkin's got any shot. At winning that fight and the, and I don't think that under those circumstances this pay-per-view does as well as it might actually end up doing nobody nobody except for the hardest of hardcore Gennady Golovkin fans would look at it as a competitive fight if let's say Canelo did to Bivol what he did to another Russian, Sergei Kovalev. If Canelo did to Bivol what he did to Caleb Plant. If Canelo did to Bivol what he did to Billy Joe Saunders. If Canelo did to Bivol what he did to Callum Smith, to Avni Yildirim. I could go on and on. I mean, this wouldn't sell as well as the fight is likely going to sell because he looked vulnerable a little bit. Golovkin looks like a force to be reckoned with because of the fight in Japan a little bit. And that little bit is going to be the difference between what this fight will do at pay-per-view, because let's not forget this is on the zone pay-per-view. What this fight will do on the zone pay-per-view to what it would have done if Canelo were coming off of a, of a win against Bivol. So he gets to go back down and wait, take on a 40 year old coming up in weight, a guy he already beat. He gets to sell a hell of a lot of uh views on pay-per-view. And then he gets to to move back up and take on Bivol in a rematch, coming off of another big pay per view fight, and you know with with a spectacular highlight reel something likely against Golovkin, they get to put that in the promotional package. They get to put all that together. They get to sell us Canelo Bivol two, or Bivol Canelo two. Let's put Bivol's name where it's supposed to be: Bivol Canelo two. And it's going to do better on pay per view than Bivol Canelo won. So, from a bit from a business sense, strictly business, I mean, you can see how this might make some sense. All right, you can you can follow that logical train. Right. Have I, have I, have I hopped on aboard that logical train? Not all the way there, but I was just putting into context what Joe Markovsky's quotes might mean in a broader picture or with a little bit more, you know, background and information and and, and an argument there. You know, I don't know how well Triple G, Canelo three or would do Canelo Triple G three would do without the Bivol loss. I mean, I I was I wasn't high on this fight at all personally. I didn't wasn't asking for it, didn't want to see it, wasn't on my list of fights that need to happen in twenty twenty two. All right, the fights that in my eyes needed to happen in twenty twenty two. Okay were Fury against the winner of Usyk and Joshua. Needs to happen. I'd love to see it happen. Errol Spence, Bud Crawford. MJ Akhmagdaliev, Stephen Fulton Jr. Right? Kazuto Ioka against anyone else with a belt at 115 pounds. And in a way, clearing out the 118-pound division. Off the top of my head, and no doubt there are others. And by the way, people, don't sleep on Kizuru Ryoka Don because that fight is happening next week, and it is going to be a classic. Kazuto Yoka Don Inietes numero dos, number two, actually. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, we'll see what happens. And, uh look I think the fight's gonna sell I really do right I really do so speaking about Usyk AJ 2 uh and I've seen the quotes around there on the internet I'm going to use the ones courtesy of boxing scene all right Hearn says change is happening in Saudi Arabia praises country's investment in boxing this is courtesy of the reporting of Sean Nam. Eddie her knows that some critics will never be satisfied with his working relationship with one of the more controversial nations in the Middle East. I would actually say the world. The head of matchroom boxing famously staged the rematch between his star charge, Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz in 2019 in Saudi Arabia. The oil kingdom widely considered a human rights violator and bastion of illiberality at the time. Hearn defended his decision by pointing out that his responsibility is to fetch top dollars for his clients, a condition Saudi Arabia has been all too happy to provide as part of a practice critics have referred to as sports washing. The country has flaunted its checkbook to various high-profile sports organizations in the Western world, from professional wrestling to golf, in a bid to cover up its faulty human rights record, U.S. intelligence reports suggested last year that Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the 2018 murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, an outspoken critic of the country. Journalist Jamal Khashoggi, an outspoken critic of the country. Despite the opportunity, probrium of organizations such as Amnesty International. Hearn will return to Saudi Arabia in the port city of Jeddah on August 20 to promote the heavyweight unification rematch between Joshua and WBA, WBO, IBF champion Alexander Usyk. Hearn once again trotted out the same line in his defense. Recently, however, he has also pointed out to what he feels are visceral improvements being made in the country, particularly the country's investment in grassroots boxing. Hearn said boxing has become much more popular in the country since Hearn staged Ruiz Joshua II in 2019, and that such a commitment to the sport should be applauded. Hearn said his own country, the United Kingdom, could learn a lot from the way amateur boxing has increased in popularity in Saudi Arabia. That's interesting. I don't know if my UK people agree with that. Anyhow, quote, now we have to deal with a bigger social issue, which is the issue of change, Hearn told BBC Five Live Boxing. We've seen the change there. I was in Saudi Arabia Jeddah last week. The change from where I've seen, from what I've seen, from two years ago in the country from the Andy Ruiz fight is substantial. Also, Saudi Arabian officials tell me that I'm interested in investment into the sport within the country, investment into the grassroots level. Our government could learn a lot from the way Saudi Arabia has invested in the grassroots of boxing there. It's up over 300% participation in amateur boxing clubs since the Ruiz fight. There's general interest in the sport. I mean, I got a maestro question here. How much of that percentage is women? How much of that percentage are the Shia minority? How much of that percentage are, you know, the the children of 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 you know, overseas people over there? I don't know. but We'll, we'll continue. Quote, of course, if you see that it's going to motivate people to do it. Does there need to be more change? Loads of it. Is there change? I see it. These people have delivered it before. These are people that are passionate about boxing. Hearn is hopeful that the publicity that Usyk Joshua 2 will bring will help loosen up some of the more restrictive laws in Saudi Arabian society. Quote, I still go back to this. This is a dangerous sport, Hearn said. Quote, my job is to provide the best opportunities for these fighters, but of course we want to see a better place, more change, and hopefully this can promote that. So, look, uh, at the end of the day, it's pretty unrealistic, I'm going to be honest, at this point to... Expect that these boxing promoters are not going to stage events in countries where they can get the most money. I have no doubt that if uh, North Korea put up one hundred and twenty million dollars or outbid Saudi Arabia, that uh, North Korea could probably host this fight. Right. Or any of the other Gulf states or, you know, any country. My main issue it is with kind of the hypocrisy, uh, with the rulings and and you know, things that people were saying about like Russian fighters not even being allowed to fight for titles, and Russia not being able to to host world title fights. If Saudi Arabia can do it, every country has to be able to do it. If Saudi Arabia is allowed to host a boxing event then every country in the world should be able to host a boxing event. Because for all that we say about North Korea, uh, North Korea isn't isn't indiscriminately bombing its neighboring country. And Saudi Arabia has been doing that in Yemen and hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians and non-combatants have have died. In addition to all of those that have been strangled by like an economic uh, blockade in, in and out of that country. And it's just as repressive as North Korea. I would possibly I would actually say more, actually, because when you look at at the Olympics, Winter Olympics and uh, and Summer Olympics, I mean, you do see female North Korean athletes playing soccer, uh, speed skating. Right. And participating in other sports. You don't see that with Saudi women. Right. You don't you don't see it. Right. Whenever I see these military parades in Pyongyang, I mean, there's women in uniform. You see female officers up there. When When's the last time you've seen a Saudi Arabian female anything? So. I, I mean, again, I'm not saying that North Korea should be hosting fights. What I am saying, I guess, maybe through some. Circular logic, I kind of am, because what I'm saying is that if Saudi Arabia can host a fight, every country should be able to host a fight. Russia, the United States, North Korea. You know, Azerbaijan. Whatever. All of these Gulf states, the Emiratis, you want to show whatever, like we're just we're just going to whoever pays us the most money. My problem is when the hypocrisy comes into play. And when you're literally telling world champions from Russia that they can't fight. Meanwhile, you're going over to to Saudi Arabia, hat in hand. Hat in hand. I mean, these guys are like preachers. Asking for money into that collection plate. the lord i need some of that money i need some of that saudi money praise the lord but i mean but then a russian can't defend his title stop it big up nando with the super chat says the usa is on its way to following the saudis oppressive example florida just passed a law requiring school children to register their political views God damn it! So look, I, I I actually was watching a documentary on 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 Netflix yesterday uh, with my wife called Saudi Undercover. I wasn't even planning to do this story. I just read the 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 article. I go over any article that's interested to me on boxing scene and we talk about it. But yeah, I mean, it's really bad over there. Like really bad. Like really, 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 really bad. In Saudi Arabia. Uh, so, I mean, to go over there and, and... I get it. Get get Usyk paid. Get AJ paid. I get it. Uh, but, you know, maybe AJ might be able to say something when he's out there. I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe AJ might be able to you know, visit a women's organization or Usik may visit an organization, I don't know, for an ethnic minority like the Shia, right? Or say something about what's happening in Yemen. I don't know, may- maybe. All right, I'm not expecting her to reject the money, but maybe they could say a couple things, right? Uh, or maybe they won't. I mean, they probably won't, right? They, they probably won't. If we're going to keep it real. And by probably, I mean, definitely. They definitely won't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but like I said, I mean, it, it's, it's fair game at this point. I mean, you, once you go to Saudi Arabia, there's literally nowhere in the world that's untouchable as it relates to taking money. Right? There isn't. So, last one I wanted to get to. And uh, this is another Ryan Garcia story. But this one involves Floyd Mayweather Jr. All right. And uh, Mayweather sides with Canelo on Garcia beef. I can't knock Emma F. He's going in Hall of Fame. This is courtesy of Manuk Akopian reporting Floyd Mayweather Jr. rarely passes on the opportunity to throw shots towards Canelo Alvarez. But recently, the anointed Hall of Fame fighter is siding with Alvarez as the Mexican star trades barbs with former stablemate Ryan Garcia. Alvarez chided Garcia. Recently, after the upstart lightweight pick Gennady Golovkin to beat Alvarez in their September 17th trilogy fight, saying that Garcia is ungrateful, has accomplished nothing, owes former trainer Eddie Reynoso money, and that he wouldn't beat Javanta Davis in a potential fight. Garcia clapped back and said his path to a title is not as easy as Alvarez's once was at the age of 20, when he fought Matthew Hatton for a vacant title. The back-and-forth banter has dominated boxing storylines for much of last week. Mayweather, who handed Alvarez his first career loss in 2013, chimed in on the situation as well. Quote, You see, Ryan Garcia, first he's praising Canelo, right? He want to learn from Canelo. You're in Canelo's training camp. Now it's all hate. Oh, I don't like him. I don't like this. Accomplish what Canelo has accomplished, then speak bad about him. But you don't need to speak bad about him anyways, because we all need to stay in our own lane and do us, Mayweather told FightHype.com founder Ben Thompson in an interview. Quote, one thing about Canelo, he's going to step up to the plate and do what he got to do. He's going to fight. I may shoot shit at him, but he's going to fight. He can't knock that mother F because he's going down in the Hall of Fame, unquote. I mean May- <laughs> I mean mayweather I, Mayweather's like really big on this Hall of Fame thing, and I get it. I mean, he's in a special club, right? It's like those guys in the masters, you know, when they get that jacket and now they're in a special club, right? Or, you know, guys in the NBA Hall of Fame. He sees Canelo as eventually getting there. And he's already walking uh with, with 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 Canelo on this one. Because to him, like Canelo's already part of his club. Like we we protect our own over here. It's like here in New York, they have the uh the blue wall, right? right. Where you know, cops. Won't speak bad about cops in public. Like, maybe they'll say bad stuff about each other, you know, behind closed doors or whatever. But publicly, that blue shield is strong. Maybe this is the Hall of Fame shield. I don't know. So, uh, anyhow. Quote. I will always give guys their flowers. I'm not a hater. They want to keep telling you Floyd is jealous. He's this. He's that. If I'm not sorry I'm not jealous if I was jealous of fighters I wouldn't push them to be great remember this when you have seen beef on social media I have always been the reaction not the action Mayweather is certainly an interested observer in Garcia's career in order for the much discussed and desired Davis versus Garcia showdown to take place Terms need to be reached with Mayweather, Davis, and Preferred Broadcast Network, Showtime, as well as Oscar de la Hoya's Golden Boy promotions, Garcia and Dazone. In February 2019, Golden Boy filed a cease and desist letter to Mayweather claiming tampering after Mayweather offered Garcia 200000 to beat Rolando Romero so there you have it guys uh Floyd you know he he's now the elder statesman he's the Hall of Fame guy he's backing Canelo a guy who he sees in his club and uh he he's he's telling listen this is what you got to do this is what you got to do young man go do something because right now it's it, it's it's you're you're not you're not gonna speak Speak to guys like Canelo like that. You're not going to speak to a future Hall of Famer like that. And I'm a Hall of Famer saying that. So that 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 was Floyd on this one. Look, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, these go up every day as a podcast. So you can find them on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, all of those other podcasting platforms. Just look up Maestro A, Maestro A, throw in boxing if you want, and uh, you'll see them all there. Leave me a five-star review, and if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, all right? And ding that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in, uh, everyone. I do appreciate it, and I will see all of you all Next time.